Welcome to Biology for Bastards, teaching biology in the most profane way you've ever seen or heard. I'm your host, John Doty. Thanks for listening. This season, we're going through the AP Biology curriculum, and we've gotten to the fun chapter, All About Sex. And this week, the coffee has been replaced for beer, with beer, as you probably just picked up on. So this is going to be a lot of fun. So, as always, let's just dive right into the sexes. So, we are talking about meiosis, sexual life cycles, the difference between heredity, genetics, getting all the freaky deaky stuff. It's going to be good. So, people have been aware of heredity for a really long time, thousands and thousands of years, because that's just the transmission of traits from parents offspring and people have realized that you know kids look like their parents hopefully if they're their parents um but genetics is a relatively new thing that's a scientific study of heredity and it's only about 150 years old we had gregor mendel the pea plants all that shit you might remember from back in the day um if not more on that later but that's what genetics is we are focusing more on the heredity today than we are genetics so that being said we got to talk a little bit about how things have sex with each other or how they don't have sex with each other um, there's different types of reproduction there's asexual and sexual it's all about copying genes to pass them on to your kids so with asexual reproduction the parent passes every single one of its genes onto its kids. It uses mitosis, which we talked about last episode. This is also known as cloning, so they're making clones, where every child is exactly the same as the parent, with the exception of if there's any mutations that happen, all that stuff. Now, this is helpful because you don't need fucking anybody else. You don't need to fuck anybody else, is another way to say that. You just need the one parent, and that's all you need. It's like, I need some fucking kids. Let's make some babies. Babies. Done. Okay. This is also good because if the parent is good, if it's got some good traits, guess what? Kids are going to have those same good traits. Now, this is bad because if the parents have bad traits or something happens where the parents aren't fit, then the kids are going to be pretty shitty too. Now, with sex... Sexual reproduction, it takes two parents. It takes two to make the thing go right, as the song once said. It takes two to make it out of sight. Um, that's funny. So this is how most things reproduce. Um, not everything. And this is advantageous because by combining the different DNAs from the mother and the father from parent one and parent two because sometimes it's hermaphrodites having babies with other hermaphrodites so I shouldn't say mother and father it's 2019 from parent one and parent two um, the offspring are going to have a unique combination not only to improve upon but also for DNA not DNA for evolution to work with now this is a disadvantage because you do need parents so like just a sheer numbers game, only half of the people can reproduce. So it doesn't make sense off the top of your head. Like, why does sex exist? It fucking shouldn't. But 
because you have these possibilities to make these new combinations, to make these improvements off of the parents, that's why sex sticks around. Now, this brings us into the other part of the math problem. So the first part of the math problem of sex is why are you only going to have half of your parents be able to reproduce with asexual reproduction? Everybody can reproduce. Um, the other one is, what do you do with all those fucking chromosomes that you have? Because I don't know about you, but I've got 46. As far as I know, I've never been tested. But I should have 46. Most humans should have 46. Um, it's usually a constant among species. A um, couple examples. Uh, the fruit fly, Drosophila melangaster, has 8. Um, chimpanzees have 48. Corn has 20. Dogs have 72. Onions have 16. That's all I have written down, so I don't remember any other ones. But it's usually a constant. In sexual reproducing organisms, it's an even number because you get half from mom, sorry, half from parent one, half from parent two. And if you just kind of went through and did this normal looking thing where we went through mitosis to make the eggs and the sperm, each child would have twice as many chromosomes as the parents. And in a very short amount of time, there would be an ungodly number of chromosomes. And that's a problem. So that's where meiosis comes in. So with meiosis, what you do, you chop the number of chromosomes in a cell in half and you create your sex cells or your spores or your gametes, whatever you want to fucking call them. I don't give a shit. Um, but the main point is to reduce the number of chromosomes um, by half. So you have this sexual life cycle where you have this alternation um, between meiosis and fertilization. Meiosis, you reduce the number. Fertilization, you double that half number, if that makes sense. So through meiosis, humans go from 46 chromosomes down to 23. And then through fertilization, they go from 23 up to 46. And yeah, that's how that works. So all this like 23, 46, we have this many chromosomes, that many chromosomes. I've been tiptoeing around this idea of ploidy, where you can be diploid, you can be haploid, you can be polyploid, all this shit. Ploidy just refers to how many chromosomes you have in a set, so to speak. I like to think of it as how many pairs of shoes do you have? That's your ploidy number. And each pair of shoes is how many different unique chromosomes you have. So as humans, we have a ploidy number of 23. We usually write it as N equals 23, where N is the number of unique chromosomes. Now, most of our cells are diploid, meaning they have two sets of chromosomes. So they have two of each chromosome, two of each set. So that's like a left shoe and a right shoe. Um, so that's how we get our 46 chromosomes. So those cells are known as somatic cells because they have two sets for every chromosome. They are diploid. Um, and those two similar sets, the left shoe and the right shoe, those are called homologous chromosomes, sometimes referred to as hom homologs or homologs. I've heard it both ways. I actually haven't heard it as homologs. I'm just beer instead of coffee, so you know. It's biology for bastards. I can do what I want. That's great. Drink of this week, drink of choice for this week, is Goose Island IPA. It's pretty good. 
5.9% alcohol by volume. 55 IBUs, right in the middle. It's perfect. It's a good beer. Um, but the homologous chromosomes, they are, to get back on track, the same size, they have the same genes, and we haven't really gotten to the difference between genes and alleles and everything, but genes are like a category of something, and alleles are variations on that category. So the homologous pairs have the exact same gene. They have the same categories. So it would be like hair color. And those would be on homologous chromosomes. One, homo one chromosome might say blonde. One might say brown hair. But they both have the gene for hair color if they're homologous pairs. So we have 46 chromosomes that way. 23 came from parent 1, 23 came from parent 2. Um, so that is a diploid cell because we have the two sets. Now haploid, those are our sex cells, or our gametes, the egg, the sperm. They have one set of chromosomes because that haploid cell is going to meet up with another haploid cell and that is going to make a baby. Okay, so every um, gamete has 23 chromosomes. 22 of them are known as autosomes. And they're numbered 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22. The 23rd pair, those are your sex chromosomes, either X or a Y. If it's a female, it's XX. If it's a male, it's XY. And this gets into the whole, you know, biological sex. It's different from gender. We won't get into that today. Um, maybe that will be a bonus episode. That could be fun. Um, a gender episode. But biological sex, females are XX, males are XY. So every X, sorry, every egg has an X chromosome, while 50% of sperm have an X, and the other 50% of sperm have a Y. Fuck you. It's the weekend. I'm having a beer. Whatever. I might misspeak. Now, there is a case where you can be polyploid. So haploid is one set. Diploid is two sets. Polyploid is more than two sets. Um, in animals, you're fucking dead if you're polyploid, typically. Um, in plants, totally fine. Like bananas and strawberries are like octoploid or some shit where they've got eight copies of each chromosome. Um, but whatever. So moving on from that, there are some organisms out there that have this alteration of generations where some are diploid and some are haploid. Humans and shit like that, we are just all diploid. The only haploid cells are sex cells, are gametes. But plants, some algae, some fungi, um, they have this different process than us mammals do. So in some plants, um, they have this alteration, no, not alteration, alternation, where they're alternating, that's the thing, that's the word, of generations. So they have diploid organisms called sporophytes, and then they have haploid organisms called gametophytes. So the sporophyte is diploid, and it will make haploid spores 
through the process of meiosis, which we'll get into in a bit. The gametophyte is what happens when that spore grows into an organism. It is haploid, and the gametophyte will make haploid gametes by mitosis. And then those will reproduce to get a diploid sporophyte, and the whole thing happens again. Now, in most fungi, the only diploid cells are the single-celled zygote, and what you think of when you think of a, fungi, of a fungus is actually a haploid structure. Um, but that's, you know, that's about it. <clears throat> so, let's get into the difference between mitosis and meiosis, shall we? We shall. How to get a drink. So, big difference between mitosis and meiosis, but a lot of similarities. So one of the differences, um, if you're confused about mitosis and all this shit, go back and listen to the last episode. I went all, I think it was the last episode. I don't really remember, to be perfectly honest. Let's say it was the last episode. Go back and listen to the mitosis episode so you can brush up on it. Because there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of comparisons that we're going to make between um, mitosis and meiosis so I just expect you to know it and if you don't know it fuck you go back relearn it or learn it the first time um, so with meiosis we have two rounds of cell division mitosis we only had one and this results in four cells being produced not just two and then we have this process where we have um, a synapsis and these chiasmata forming in meiosis that do not form in mitosis so those two rounds of cell divisions make some unique things um, that we don't have during mitosis and really kind of helps out the whole sex shit happening. Oh, sex shit. That just sounds gross. Um, so we have three events that are unique to meiosis and they're all unique to meiosis one. So we have meiosis one and meiosis two. Meiosis 2 looks almost exactly the same as mitosis. The only main difference is that you have half as many chromosomes. Oh, shit. My ID's up here. That's something totally unrelated to this podcast. I had to take a test today. I almost failed it um, for this grad class, but I had to show my ID. I just found it. So there's a little, little fun fact for you. Um, so the first event that's unique to meiosis... Is crossing over. Okay, more on that later. Then during metaphase one, we have homologous chromosomes pairing up instead of individual chromosomes. And then the next phase in anaphase one, it's the homologous chromosomes that are separating and not the sister chromatids. So I think it's now time to dive into this shit. What the fuck is meiosis? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to pretend like you asked that question and it wasn't me. So, we have two rounds of division because we need to reduce the number of chromosomes in our cells in half. We've already had DNA replication. We talked about that before. So our DNA is copied. We now have 46 duplicated chromosomes. So not only do we need to separate the sister chromatids from each other, we need to separate the homologous chromosomes from each other. So... I've already said this, that meiosis 2 is a lot like 
mitosis, meiosis one is where all the differences happen. So in prophase one, um, we have the condensing, if you remember the case, but we also have crossing over, which coincidentally also starts with a C. So we have crossing over happen between our homologous chromosomes, and during this process, the homologous chromosomes are exchanging pieces of information. They are exchanging chunks of DNA from one chromosome to the other, creating brand new allele combinations. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. <clears throat> then in metaphase one, instead of having one line of chromosomes straight down the middle, we actually have two rows because the homologous chromosomes pair up so that in anaphase one, the homologous chromosomes can separate. And this is the stage where they go from diploid to haploid. This is the reductive division stage. Um, and it doesn't matter what chromosome goes on what side of the metaphase plate. So we have the maternal and the paternal chromosomes. It doesn't give a fuck if the maternal's on the left and the paternal's on the right for chromosome one and whatever. There's they're all just separated randomly. And this is when we get into the genetic stuff, this is what the law of independent assortment is all about. I had to think really hard about that. Because these Goose Island IPAs not a sponsor, unless they want to sponsor us. Might be getting to me a little bit. But that's okay. <clears throat> so in anaphase one, we have those homologous chromosomes separating. That's where we go from diploid to haploid. Then telophase one, um, they're extending, they're expanding. The chromosomes are, that is, um, they may or may not actually do that. We might have this period of interkinesis, which is a lot like interphase, um, where they're just kind of hanging out, um, just waiting to go through the rest of meiosis going through meiosis 2 and then like I said meiosis 2 is exactly the same as mitosis prophase metaphase anaphase telophase looks exactly the same as mitosis um, the only exception you have half the number of chromosomes so um, any other things to point out about this um, I think that might be about it we might be able to wrap this shit up um only thing really to go back and comment on, this might be a short episode, is that during prophase one, we have crossing over, where they're exchanging that information. The closer two genes are on a chromosome, the less likely they are to be crossed over and separated, so you can use those to make gene maps. Um, we'll probably talk about that later. I don't really know. Um, but that's really about it. Meiosis. We barely talked about sex, but this is like the, the boring part of sex. This is the foreplay. Um, you're really waiting for the action to happen. That comes later. Um, but yeah, that's about it. We just kind of abruptly hit an end. So cold showered that. Thinking of grandma and baseball and other, you know, stereotypes. Grandma playing baseball in a cold shower or something. So, uh, we can wrap this up. Um, this has been Biology for Bastards. I have been your host, John Doty. Our intro and outro music 
is Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, tell all your friends, all that shit. Um, we're doing awesome. I love seeing those download numbers go up every week. So just keep it going. And, um, yeah. Until next time. Thanks for listening. So you may have just heard an ad, but I can't end with an ad. So just wanted to say, follow us on Twitter at Bio4Bastards. Um, our intro and outro music is Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, tell everybody you know about it. And again, thanks for listening.